It's so fantastic to see what the Holy Spirit is already doing. I mean, you cannot look over here without being stirred by the Holy Spirit and hearing him speak. So I just want to encourage you again, keep glancing over, take a picture, and allow God to continue to steer what he's already doing in your hearts. And it's great that we get to do that together as family, as community, coming side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And as we continue for the rest of the the next couple of days, let's really do continue in that same spirit, being sensitive to what God is saying to us, but also to the person next to us. God might just drop something in your spirit, and let's be those who are ready to freely give as we freely receive. And as we continue this next session, I'm so excited because we're going to hear from Chris Abingdon. Chris is amazing. We've heard him before. He leads City Church in Russellville in Arkansas in the States. He is um, leads there together with his wife. They have six kids. I mean, you know, six kids. Well done. Um, I mean, you know. And also run multiple businesses. And he just carries something that is so incredible. And let's just really open our hearts right now and honor the gift that Chris is in our midst as we receive what God has placed on his heart to share with us. So let's give a big round of applause for Chris. It is true. We have six children when I left. I hope there's not seven when I get home. We take, we take the commands of Christ seriously, be fruitful, and multiply. So good to hear about the wall. We have some different conversations around the wall in our nation. We're going to pull out of that real fast before. So I can, get, I can get with that right there. I can get with that. And to the gentleman that just shared that, I don't know where he went, I just want to encourage you, do it right, like, do, do it right, let people see that Christianity and church can do stuff with extravagance and with excellence and with creativity, and just do it, do it right, like, stay in there, do it right, wherever you are. Don't stop. Don't stop. All right, well, that's what we're going to talk about today, so I, I am... Very thankful to be here. I, I love this nation. I think it was 11 years ago that I first came. And when I stepped off the plane, I just recognized the love that started in my heart. And so I love, I love you. I love the nation. I love the United Kingdom. I love the people. I, it's just something that's easy for me. It's easy to be with you. It's like being with family. So I just want you to know that I'm honored to be able to share with you today. I hope that you can be encouraged. God sent me here for three things. He sent me here to remind you. He sent me here to tell you to continue to resist and to persist. There's three words that you're going to hear today. I'm here to remind you. I'm here to tell you to continue to resist. And I'm here to tell you you're going to have to persist. So we're talking about being commissioned, right? Being commissioned to the place that God's called you. This whole conference is around commissioning. And let me tell you, you are absolutely commissioned. Let's do it by show of hands. How many of you right now are living in your city, but you're living in rebellion because you're supposed to be somewhere else? Anybody care to be bold? (laughs) Go ahead and say it. Say, you know what? I'm living there, but I'm called to be in Zimbabwe, but I'm not. Anybody? All right, well, here's what I need you to do. I need you to embrace the fact that you're called where you live then. I need you to understand, if you're not commissioned to be somewhere else, you're commissioned to the place where your feet are planted, where your house is, where your kids go to school, where the neighbors that live next to you are just as crazy as mine, you're commissioned to be there. 
And so it's easy, it's easy when you go on mission. If you think in terms of sacred and secular, if you think in terms of dividing, you think of going on mission, you begin to think different, prepare different, study the culture different, you begin to engage, you have an expectation to see miracles happen. Let me tell you, we are co-mission, we live on mission. Where we live, we live on mission. And the challenge for us is to begin to equip people with that mindset that they would understand you are living on a mission from God. Anybody ever see the Blues Brothers? The, I'm on a mission from God. I'm going to make those shirts and sell them for mission trips like with the Blues Brothers on them. The challenge, though, is we think that way. If, if we said, okay, a month from now, you're going to go to Africa, or you're going to go to pick a nation, you would begin to think different when you begin to prepare your heart differently. But I'm telling you, we're living in the place that we're called to. Just as equal as the value of that call is the value of where you live. And so I'm talking to you today, and I believe that I'm just talking to you in this middle space. And if you've got a Bible, open it up, Nehemiah chapter 4. I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. You're just living in this in-between space. I'm going to read you just a little bit from Nehemiah. We know the story of God, of what he did, the amazing accomplishment, the, all the things we could talk about around it. But I really felt drawn to just the middle of the story. I felt drawn to the middle of the story because the flashy always happens in the beginning. The amazing happens in the beginning. I, I, Gerald's not going to remember this, but 11 years ago when I was here, I'm standing in this back corner, and within a couple hours, Gerald and I are standing there, and he said, I, I've, I saw you. I know there's a call like of God that was on me for this nation. Like, okay, that's flashy, right? And you get down to the hard work somewhere in the middle, and you need reminded, you have to resist some things, and you have to persist. So here's Nehemiah chapter 4. Let me just read you a couple of scriptures. If you got them, we're going to start in, uh, let's say, verse 6. Nehemiah 4, 6. So we rebuilt the wall. Something about a wall, man. Good job. <laughs> so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height. For the people worked with all of their heart. So they're halfway through. Okay, this is where I believe we are. I believe this is where Pioneer is, in all honesty. I believe this is where we are. We're, we're in between some space. All right, so this is the people worked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Verse 9, what'd they do? But we prayed to our God and posted guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there's so much rubble we can't rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall and exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked the thing over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your word. 
God, I thank you that it's living and active. God, we read it, God, to change us. So we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and guide us into the truth. Lord, into our own world, into our own life. God, into our own place. Lord, into our own family. We invite your word over us. Lord, I pray you'd come and stir it up in us today. Lord, that you would speak. Lord, you'd breathe again on the words that you've spoken before. Lord, breathe back again on words that you've spoken even over people's lives before. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to remind you, I want to remind you that you have a call. I want to remind you that you have a commission. In Nehemiah 1, we know the story, right? He asks some questions. He hears about the city that is still in ruin. He hears about Jerusalem. The people of God had been released 100 years before this. So they were released from captivity. It had been 100 years, and the city is still broken down. There's still disgrace. There's still shame. There's still brokenness. There's still destruction. There's still fear. People are not living in the promised land that they were given. That's true. They just they weren't there. And this is a hundred years has gone by. And it hasn't bothered anyone so much that they've done anything with that yet. And all of a sudden, Nehemiah is bothered by what's going on in his city. And let me just tell you, if you're commissioned to a city, if, you're commi- if you are living in a town, in a community, the stuff that bothers God is not always the stuff that bothers me, and that's a problem. So he goes to prayer in communication with God, and he is bothered by the brokenness that he sees. He sees a promise. He sees a people that are not living in the fullness of what they were called to live in. And he sees a whole city that's not living up to the potential that it's supposed to be living in. And it's bothersome to him, to the point that he takes it to God in prayer, and he owns it before God. He owns the fact of the sin of people that he, he, he owns sins that he didn't even commit before God. This is called ownership. This is what we transfer to people. We have to help our people understand well, there's ownership to what God's called us to. We don't rent this space that we're in. God has given us authority to live in the space that we're in, and we have to treat it as stewards, like it's ours, for our Father. And if it bothers him, it should bother me. If I drive by the business and it's closed down, that should bother me. It's not okay that somebody had a dream, had a thought, invested money, planted a space there, and then it shut down. It's not okay that there's contention over school, over education, over what the enemy... It's not okay that teachers would live in despair or depression or fatigue. It's not okay. That is in my city. Well, he just brings this before God, and he weeps before God and fasts, and he prays. And there's a pattern. If I want to remind you of anything, the pattern for Nehemiah was he consistently went back to God in prayer. I think there's just a movement going on across the earth. Prayer is just exploding in places. Because it's becoming, it's not becoming something stoic that was just over to some monument. There's a living, breathing God that we are speaking to. And he has thoughts and he has ideas that he wants to speak to me. And all of a sudden when I posture my heart that way, when I bow my knee to Jesus for an answer, it's showing humility. God, he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So the minute that I'm saying, well, what's the matter with them? Why did that not happen? I'm not taking the posture I'm called to take if I'm called to my city, if I'm commissioned into that place. I'm just not. I find myself complaining. Listen, that's the exact opposite. That's pride. Well, I don't know what happened there. Well, I'll tell you what they did wrong there. And you just don't find that in Nehemiah. He just continually goes before God in prayer. So I'm going to remind you, prayer is still the fuel. It's a posture we take. It's the presence of God that we get in contact with whenever we pray. We come in close proximity to the God of the universe when we pray. And there should be a holy reverence. There should be something that happens to us 
And we don't stop praying until we feel a release, which is what he did. Just pray into it. Pray through it. That's what he did. At some point, he gets a release, and he stands up, and he goes to the officials, and he says, hey, uh, he's sad. It's affected his life. What's gone on in this city has affected his life. And I think it's a little bit of an indictment for us as our community that there's just a lot of things that we haven't been saddened by. We just haven't. It hasn't bothered us. We're okay. I'm saying we. When I say we, I'm talking about me. It's, it's okay. We're okay to be in our four walls and our four and no more. And it doesn't bother us, so it's, you know, it's okay. I hate that. Boy, I feel sorry. That's not compassion. That's sympathy. And there's no action required for me. There's nothing required of me in that space. But remember, we live in between. This, is, this story is in between. We live in between. The church lives in between two worlds, correct? We're called to this world, but we're representing this one. I'm a citizen. I'm an ambassador. I'm a son. I, I live in this place. However, I'm planted here. I am in between two worlds. And my job is to continue to contend for the now and the not yet. That is the place in the middle. That is the place that every single one of you are somewhere in your life today. You've heard God speak. You've gone to him in prayer. You've been moved. You started moving a direction. You were commissioned. You were passionate about it. And somewhere in the middle, halfway through the work, this stuff starts happening to us. And I need to remind you, it was God that called you in it. He is faithful. Keep your eyes. Hebrews would say, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Don't, don't be dismayed. In the world, you're going to have trouble, all right, which is resistance. That's point number two. I'm not great at points, but I feel like I did good. I got three points. <laughs> David will tell you. He's from our church. He's like, are you going to have a PowerPoint? I'm like, yeah, my brain doesn't work that way. We're going to resist because at some point, if you obeyed God and you took a step, you're going to experience resistance. What's interesting to me when I'm reading this story is the two guys that we always hear mentioned, Sanballat and Tobiah, they show up in the beginning, but by about chapter 4, when work is actually happening, they bring more people. So more enemies show up. Right, so we've got to think different. If you're experiencing resistance, we've got to quit complaining, we've got to quit whining. You've got to know you're in the right spot. And if it gets hotter, you're going the right direction. You gotta quit, we gotta quit whining, we gotta quit resigning back, we're scaring the children. <laughs> we gotta watch what we say. So the enemy shows back up and they've grouped up now. So they've grouped up and there's resistance. And what's he say? They're all the time trying to sow fear and intimidation to the call that God had put on the Nehemiah's life. Fear and intimidation over and over again. Starting to speak lies. Starting to have false prophets show up and say, hey, this is the word of the Lord. Trying to stop the work. Causing distraction. How many of you can tell you, if you're in the middle of the space of contending for, yeah, I've seen it, but I haven't seen it. You experience every one of those. We experience every single one. Fear. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what they're going to say. All of those things, fear. Trying to push me the opposite direction. Intimidation. Look at the size of what you've got to do. That's what they start saying. And even the people start murmuring. They're listening to the wrong report. They start murmuring, hey, we can't do this. Look at all this rubble. And i got to remind you, when you resist, that's the answer. 
You get reminded. Go back. What did he say? So I know you're in the middle of that. You're experiencing resistance. I know you are. If you're contending for anything that is a God-sized dream and a God-sized call, you're going to have resistance. If you don't, go back because it's not big enough. If you're going to contend for space, let me just say, don't be surprised. Don't. we got to grow up. we got to grow up. It's okay. We're going to experience it. We're going to experience resistance. That's why he says, remember. So whenever we read down here, we read in... Uh, Verse 14, he says, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. When the bad reports come, this is what prayer does to me. I'm reminded I'm going back to God. I'm going to be reminded of what he said about me. And when I hear him say it, it's like any other word of God that comes alive in you. The word becomes flesh. It becomes life inside of you. Enemy is always, he hates life, doesn't he? He hates seeing it. When this thing starts to manifest, when it starts to come forth, just expect there to be resistance. And here's the thing we can't do when resistance comes. We can't isolate and we can't pull away. Because it says right here, when this comes, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So it's, this is what being in a relationship looks like. I know God's called you to this, and I'm your friend, and I know you're in resistance. And the amazing strategy here that Nehemiah uses is he's like, okay, we're not going to stop, but we're going to start positioning some people around this work to begin to pray. And they're going to hold swords, and they're going to fight. So if you think of in terms of your entire city, we know we don't fight against flesh and blood, Correct? Our war is not against flesh and blood. It's against powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay. When you experience resistance, there's an extreme value for God that we would have people intercede, that we would have people pray and contend in that space, in the in-between space. We have to think more strategic for a city. So for us in the area of government where we've had conflict and dissension, even on a local level, my heart is like who we have showing up at a city council meeting that is just being present. They don't have to say anything else. If they were just there just to release peace, what do I know about peace when God comes? I know that if that happens, then the whole city is able to prosper. Okay, can I, I just want to tell you too, whole cities are on God's radar. Entire cities are on the radar you know it whenever you experience any breakthrough. When you go to a city, you can experience, if you'll pay attention, when you go in, you will recognize what's in the atmosphere. You'll recognize, do I feel hope, do I feel faith, or do I feel despair, do I feel hopeless? Well, it's being contended for, whole cities being contended for. And I don't fully understand it, but there are origins of thought. There are things that we fight with that want to influence thinking. And God's first thought is always hope. So if I feel hopeless, i got to recognize I'm fighting. I'm, I'm at war with something that's trying to occupy space here. And Jesus' command was go occupy till I return. Occupy didn't just mean camp out and sit on this square right here. Occupy meant to expand. That word was a military term. Go occupy that land. So let's get personal. For me, I'm praying one day. This has been 15 probably plus years ago. I'm praying 
We have a 21 days of prayer and fasting every January, and I'm praying, and I leave our church, and I see this just, it's a vision like a movie playing out in front of me. That's only happened to me like two or three times, so I don't want to sound like this is normal. I'm, I'm walking in my truck, and all of a sudden this plays out, and I watch, and I see, like, let's just take this stage like it's that, like it's this piece of ground. So I see a map, and it has an entire just outline of a country. I don't know what country. But what I see is, is I see the enemy just occupying some space, and I watch a king go out, you know, just like in King Arthur days. There's all the silver, the shiny, you know, the swords, they march out, and there's this amazing, I mean, just battle after battle after battle until the entire property was cleared, until the entire land was cleaned off from the enemy. And behind them, people began to move into the space. People began to move on the map. Like I was watching, they would move in here. And it would fast forward, like years would go by, and all of a sudden I would see creeping out of the woods over here, just something looked like it was dark, and it would come and it would move its way in, and it would move its way in. I would hear people say, they would be bothered at first that that was there. But then generations later, they were saying to their moms and dads when the question was asked, who is that, what's that? Well, they just live there, that's theirs, they've always been there, that's our neighbor, they just, that, that's okay, that's their space. And I watched that happen until the land condensed down into a small circle and it looked like a church building. And the Lord said, son, that's it. I have purchased it all. It's the kingdom and it's yours. And there's going to be contention. And for me specifically, I'll just tell you, like it was around the area of healing. It's like whenever, whenever I caught it, I turned towards the enemy and there was just a fight. And it wasn't one generation. Again, it started fast forward, but slowly it was pushed back. But it was because somebody woke up and said, well, that's not yours. That's ours. That, that, you don't have any right to that. That's been paid for and purchased. You are trespassing illegally on land that is not, does not belong to you. And when I feel like shrinking back, the Lord reminds me. I mean, I'm like you guys. I go through the same, go through the same stuff. Fought, fought a fight with cancer with my sister for five years. Never once didn't plan for what life could look like. If not, you know, did the practical stuff, but stood in the place and said, no, like I just know if the prayer is, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. That does not exist there. It can't exist here. And you lose that, that fight. What do you do? You go back and you remind yourself, Jesus paid it all. Never once after everything else shakes does the kingdom shake. You figure out again, God, you're good. I remind myself of your goodness. And I resist the thought to think I want to give up. And I got to tell you, that was about a year before I wanted to even pray for anybody remotely close to that cancer word. I, had to, I felt the fear, the intimidation. You're going to pray again? Like, what, what's going to happen? I felt the resistance. But let me tell you what happens. If we don't quit, we do not lose. We do not lose because he did not lose. We only lose if we quit. We only lose if you abandon your post, if you stop the call, if you let go of the commission of God on your life. So I told my elders this year, I need you to hold me accountable. Are you praying for people with cancer? Pure and simple. That's just, that's just where I live right now. Just being transparent. Can you ask me? Make sure you're asking me that I'm not shrinking back from what God put in my heart. I need people around me to fight for me. I need 
people around me that will fight for my home and my family. That's what we do. There is a we to this call. That's what it says. Fight for your brother. Fight for your family. Fight for your home. The very place that you live. So if you are not engaging somewhere, can I tell you, you've lessened the call. Because when you hear it, and you hear it pure from him, and you hear it again, you step right back up. And you know you felt the heat before, you know you've taken hits before, but you step back into the place again. Because when we persist, breakthrough happens. You guys okay? So we remind ourselves. I remind you, you got a call. I remind you, you, you are living. If you are, <laughs> if you are here and you have a pulse... You're here for a reason still. You are still here for a reason. You are experiencing contention, but it isn't the end. You're just experiencing resistance. You're not experiencing defeat. Defeat happens when we quit. We don't quit, do we? The beautiful thing is, is those gifts, those calls are without repentance. When he gives them, he gives them. They do not go away, which is crazy. That's how good he is. We resist. And then we just have to persist. In this work, he did not stop, and we just don't stop. We're one slice, we're one part of a chapter of an entire story. And we just don't stop contending. The prayer is still the same. It's still, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. My command is still to love him with everything I got. My commission is still to go. So I'll just tell you, right in the middle space, is where God is existing right now. He is right in the middle. The, the tendency that I want you to push away is like, well, I haven't seen it. It's diminished. I can't see it. Well, get some fresh vision. Go back and remember. Just gather up a little fresh vision. Let him speak to your heart again. So I'm telling you, there's some things he's put in you. So worship team, if you guys want to come back, we'll just do a little bit of ministry for some folks. But I know it's in every one of you because he made every one of us for a purpose. Your fashion, your form, your, the workmanship of God over your life is incredible. You're fashioned and formed for the work. You've been fitted for it. You know, the amazing thing in the year 2020, I don't do this a lot, but occasionally um, I'll go look at Hebrew numbers just because in the beginning of the year, I always ask God for a word for me and then for our church. And they usually are the same. So this year he just said the word was victory. He said, but son, to see victory, what it's going to take is you're going to have to boldly come back and face down some things that you haven't been willing to face down. The only way you get victory is you, you have to overcome. And the only way you overcome is you have to face something that requires you coming over it, coming through it. And so you're like, woohoo, victory. And then you're like, oh, that means i got to step back into the space that God's called me to. And in that word, the amazing thing is, in that word for 2020 is, you have to open your mouth. So the word actually means to open your mouth and speak forth. This is how powerful, speaking out like, God, I thank you that your call on my life is still this. For you even putting it on your lips, I thank you that you still commissioned me to this place, this city, this space, this ministry, this work. This child, this, you pick it, this area of education, this area of government, I will not leave it, I was called to it. And whenever you begin to say what God says, 
The door's open. So that word for 2020 is just open your mouth and say it. And the only time it shows up in Scripture, that word shows up one time, and it shows up in Esther 4 when it says, uh, were you not called for such a time as this? But it says, if you keep your mouth shut, there's just something to the point like, okay, if we're going to stand here in victory, we're going to have to say it. We're going to have to stand back up. To me, it just means we're just going to stand back up and say, yeah, I'm going to stand in this call that God's given me. I'm going to say, even though I haven't seen it, I didn't see it before, I'm going to say again, that thing has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. I'm going to say that enemy again, that unsurmountable call to see a whole city begin to flourish. That seems huge, but it feels like just praying and blessing uh, business while I drive by it in my car. Okay, it's got to get down to that. The amazing thing, though, after 100 years, can you imagine this stuff ha happened? Was, it was 100 years before anybody woke up to a call. And after 100 years, when one person says yes, resists, like remembers God had a promise, like this isn't okay, like this shouldn't be happening. He remembers 100 years later, so he goes, and in 52 days, he completes what 100 years they couldn't accomplish in 100 years. And I'll just tell you, I feel like prophetically, the amazing thing is, if you just look historically, like they had already rebuilt the temple in this city, but they hadn't rebuilt the city. And there's something in this space and time, I'm just telling you, there's a call for whole cities to become whole, for the disgrace, the shame to go away, for the fear, the intimidation, the temple, the temple parts, it's built. There's something on God's radar. What are you going to do? If we're repairs of broken down walls, we're restorers, right? We're called to renew, restore, rebuild. Why don't you just stand? I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures over you, what I thought the Lord wants to say. Let's do that. Yeah, so we just call out. We call back forth the call, the voice, the words, the things, Father, that you have spoken from the beginning of time that you had on your mind for every single one. Lord, there's the collective call that we have, God, but there is the specific work that you have fashioned and recreated us in Christ Jesus to do. And so, Lord, today, in this space of in-between, God, we call forth, Lord, what was, God, what is, and what's still coming. Lord, the word of God that never ends, it never dies, Lord, it only moves forward, it only propels us, God. Your word is life. So, Lord, we call back forth that life. Lord, like these like these words in Nehemiah, like the brothers and sisters we have, Lord, we fight, God. We just stand here today, God. So let's just stop for a minute and uh, just real quick, if you know you're in contention and you're saying, okay, I've let go of the word, I've felt the fear, I've felt the intimidation, you, you were where I was when I described, okay, I don't even want to get back in that fight, but I know I'm called to it. Just slip your hand up real quick. We're going to do a little body ministry. So raise your hand if that's you. Just real quick. Let's do this fast. All right, so if you're around somebody, this is the part where now you're going to fight for your brother. You're going to fight for your sister. I want you just to begin to call forth the word of God over their life. Back to life. Just call it back forth real fast. Put your hands on them. Pray it like you would your own child. Pray it like you would for your own grandkid. Pray it in. 
Just call it forth. Listen, the one who said it is faithful. He is faithful to complete the work that he began. It is him who is faithful. God, we just release your faithfulness, God. God, we declare your name is great, Lord. You are faithful. You are a father, God. You had a thought, Lord, and it hasn't changed. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come and fill the space, Jesus. Come and fill the space, God. Come and fill that space, God, in between where it's not yet, Lord, but we know it's there, God. Come and fill that space with your presence, Lord. Let faith just rise back up, God, to the call. Let it rise back up to the call, Lord, to the size of the dream that you had, the blueprint from heaven, Lord. Let it get to that level, God. Entire cities, God, encountering your goodness, God. Lord, against fear and intimidation, we just say no in Jesus' name. Lord, real simply, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, God. Release your spirit of your power, God. Release the love, Lord, that we have to perform it, God. Give them a soundness of mind, Lord. Let their thinking get back right, Lord. Thinking like you think, God. Thinking from heaven towards earth, God, not the other way around. God, let them think from heaven towards earth. Lord, let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. I pray you release it over their mind that there would be right thinking, God. You would put your order, God, where there's been confusion, God. We speak order, Lord. Let your kingdom of order, let it come, God. Thank you, God. God, all the way until the day that every knee bows, God. That whole nations confess, God. Let it only multiply, God. Let it only accelerate. All right, for those of you that know the word and you've been holding on to it, Lord, we pray that acceleration happens, Lord. What's felt like an eternity, God, in 52 days, God, the work was done. Lord, we pray that you give them persistence in their spirit, God. Lord, that they would pursue. Lord, they wouldn't shrink back, God. We would be overcomers. Lord, just release that spirit, Lord, just to overcome, God. Lord, we want it to be said of us that we kept the faith, God, when it's over. We finished the race that you put in front of us and we kept it. We held on to the faith, God. We believed till the end. Jesus, I thank you for fresh faith just being born again, Lord. Fresh faith being ignited again, God. To finish the race, God. To keep the faith, God. Just like Paul reminding Timothy, we remind you of the word that was spoken over you. The one that was spoken from the one that is faithful and true.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll just remind you, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with a yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, satisfy the need of the oppressed. That sounds like our cities. Then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like the noonday. I just tell you, in the middle of your night, it's fixing to get bright. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and you will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Listen, this is the people, this is the people, this is you, but this is your people. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repair of broken walls, restore of streets with dwellings. Father, we say yes, God. We're reminded of your goodness, God. God, we're reminded to resist, God, and we're reminded today again to persist for the big dreams, God, that you have.